Welcome back to the second season of the 18 Yards Podcast. The football season is almost back. Um, just a couple of weeks now till the Premier League is back. Um, Ligue 1 is back just before that. La Liga, Serie A, they follow suit. Um, we're all getting excited, getting back in the flow of, of, of the football season. And 18 Yards is here uh, much more regularly this year to take you through what's going to be nine months of hopefully some amazing football um, great stories. Uh, this season, we're going to be looking a, a lot more at um, the fans, the world of football fans, uh, fan culture, football in different places. Uh, we'll be focusing on um, Premier League, La Liga and Serie A, um, whereas last season, we had just basically focused on, um, on the Premier League. And we're going to be having um, uh, shorter episodes during the week where we talk about fan culture, uh, we're doing a series on Indian football, doing a series on transfers. So lots of exciting uh, stuff coming up. Um, but to kick things off uh, for the first episode of season two, uh, as always, we've got Ari uh, here with us. Um, both of us are going to be looking at the transfer window so far. There's about just over a month left. Um, some teams making some big moves, some teams not uh, making any moves at all. Um, rumblings of problems with the wage structures in La Liga, um, the new Spurs director of football, United's, I mean, phenomenal transfer window, PSG's phenomenal transfer window. So we're going to be looking uh, and uh, diving into all of that. Um, Ari, straight to you. How excited are you for uh, the next nine months? I'm really excited, you know, because uh, the most, the biggest reason why I'm so excited is because, you know, uh, fans uh, are going to be back in the stadiums for club football. And, you know, obviously the Euros were very, very exciting and, you know, the Italy winning it. But when it comes to club football, I think that's more emotional, especially for, you know, Asian fans who don't actually, you know, have an emotional connect with any international team. So I think I'm really excited for club season to start. Uh, I'm really hoping uh, Madrid buys a certain Galactico. Uh, so my nine months, my uh, coming nine months go even better. Uh, but I'm, yeah, like you said, you know, I'm really, really excited. Uh, club football is back and, you know, it, 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 it brings a lot of entertainment, a lot of joy in my life. Great. Um, so getting straight into the transfer window, uh, I think we can look at, obviously, the biggest news of today is has been that on top of the uh, Sancho deal that United completed or officially completed a couple of days back, United have now signed Rafael Varane. And I mean, to me, as as a rival, I mean, yeah, as a rival fan, um, it's a bit scary because you can finally see that United are signing players that will make a difference. That, I mean, you can't, there are no doubts about how good Varane is going to be. There are no doubts about how good Sancho will be for United or for any other team if they had signed someone else. Um, you know, even talks about United going in for Camavinga. Um, so, what do you think? Obviously, you know, Varane coming from uh, Madrid. Uh, what are your thoughts on this deal? And, and, and how do you think United is going to do over the next uh, couple of months? I'll tell you what this deal is for me. You know, you're, you've seen Game of Thrones, right? You know, sometimes, you know, when they're killing someone, they, they stab in the heart. So that was Ramos leaving us. And I was dead. And then they took my throat and slit it. And that's what happened today when, when Varans left us. I mean, 
I don't know how I'll recover from this. I mean, this center back partnership of Sergi Ramos and Rafael Varane was so instrumental in us winning three back-to-back Champions League, and you know, uh, it's an end of an era for at least uh, for Real Madrid, and hopefully, uh, it's the start of a new era for Manchester United. Uh, I I feel uh, Varane is a really quality player. He's fast. Uh, he brings in tons and tons of experience. You know, he's a winner, and you know, Manchester United have lacked. Uh, a player of his caliber, not you know, not only what he brings on the field, but his mentality. You know, he's played what 14, 15, 15 finals, and he's won 14, 15 finals. So I think that is something which was missing in the Manchester United lineup. Uh, and obviously, you know, uh, Victor Lindelof, Eric Bailly, these two defenders weren't just up up to the task. You know, when uh, paired up with Maguire. Uh, now that we've seen the good side of Harry Maguire, especially in the Euros. I think Rafael Varane is the perfect, perfect uh, player to partner him in the heart of defense, and with Luke Shaw, uh, you know, playing like uh, Roberto Carlos uh, uh, left back, and you know, with uh, Aaron Van Bissaka, who's who's been very consistent for Manchester United, I think they have a really, really solid backline, and uh, you know. I wish the best for Rafael Varane, so I want them to do well in the Premier League. But uh, come the Champions League, I mean, obviously, uh, <laughs> uh, I want him to do well, but not at the expense of the arbitrage. Right. So, would you say that? And I think I I would agree with this statement that United, so far from the Premier League, at least, has been winning the transfer window um, because. Sancho and Varane are massive deals, and and I think it's very important if they capitalize on the fact that they're having such a good window, uh, if they cap go ahead and get um, a central midfielder, maybe someone like Camavinga, um, or you know, I mean, if not Camavinga, then someone else who can play that CDM role really well, um, you know, because we don't know uh, Pogba's future. There's been a lot of uncertainty about that, um, so. It's it's going to be interesting, you know, because I think, like you said, their defense is now shored up. Whatever you say about David De Gea, he's a very good keeper, and if De Gea is not playing, Henderson is playing. He's also a very good keeper. You've got um, uh, Fernandez center attacking mid. You've got um, Rashford off the left, Sancho off the right, and you've got Cavani, who's got at least a ten, twelve goal season in him, even at his age. Right, and when Cavani is not playing, you've got Greenwood. Um, so I think the only area where United could now strengthen and really um, possibly challenge Man City for me there are two 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 areas, uh, but you know uh, one is obviously central midfield who'll partner Pogba or then if Pogba leaves who'll partner McTominay um, because I think McTominay is a fantastic player. Um, the other area for me is I mean if I obviously after always finish second you can't get rid of him and he he is. Proving his doubters, I'm one of his biggest doubters. He's proving people like me wrong, but I'm still not convinced that they can win the Premier League with him. Uh, and I think this is a season where he, where it'll probably be make or break for him because now they've really backed him. You can't say that he hasn't been backed. So this this season is going to be a big, big one for for Manchester. United. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, if United don't win a big trophy, and I mean big, I mean if they win the Carabao. It's nothing, you know. No disrespect to Manchester City, but if you win the Carabao, it's not a trophy in my book. So I think if United don't win a big trophy this season, and that is the Premier League or the FA Cup or the Champions League, I think um, Ole gets the sack uh, because he's been back for two, three windows now. He's been given the money, he's been given the players that he's wanted, quality, good players. 
I think now is the time for United to make the final push. Now is the time to actually challenge for the title. Uh, and if they can't do it, uh, I'm sorry, but it's Cotton's call. Totally. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you, uh, except for the fact that uh, unless Spurs win the Carabao Cup, then it's a major trophy. <laughs> yeah. For us, anything at this point is a major trophy. Talking about Spurs, um, I think we've been another team that have been pretty active um, this window. Um, you know, at least from from the from the uh, top half of the table, because I know Crystal Palace have been very active. And before we get into Spurs, just to comment on Crystal Palace again for a lot of people who um, either don't follow a team in the Premier League or are looking for a team to follow, I think Crystal Palace is someone you can have an eye on. They they've got this very exciting policy about um, not policy but strategy of attracting and signing young sort of stylish players from South London and, and, and that area. Um, Eberiche Eze, who's one of my players, who's my player to watch out for last season, did fantastically, obviously had an injury towards the end. Um, as well as uh, now picking up uh, Michael Olise, uh, Mark Guehi. Uh, he's not, I mean, the next one is not from South London, but also a very good young player, Joachim Anderson, who was at Fulham last season. Um, you know, they already have Tyreek Mitchell. Um, and, you know, they've got Patrick Vieira uh, as, as a manager, who's not, I mean, he's not have, doesn't have a great track record. Lucien Favre, who's about to come, would have been better. But that they've got a good youth revolution going there, and, 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 and they're a team to follow. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at some of the players they've brought in. I mean, you know, uh, I'll tell you what happened. You know, uh, you know, remember that FIFA challenge that we're doing, right? We took. Yeah, so I was, I was just, I was just going to explain that. So, uh, basically, for everyone listening, we did a, or we are doing a FIFA challenge where we start with um, Reading on career mode, and whoever wins the top five leagues, the Champions League, the World Cup, and the Euros first in the shortest amount of uh, time span, game time span, uh, is, is the winner. So. So we'll probably do a video or something along those lines on that. But yeah, Ali, I think you're going to touch upon uh, Ulise. Yeah, exactly. I was telling you. So we did this challenge and I was playing with Reading and I, and I saw this player, uh, Ulise, right? So he was, I mean, not FIFA is not the right criteria to judge a player, obviously. But, you know, he was really good at FIFA. So, you know, and three days later, Palace signed him. And I'm like, what? So I went on the internet. I saw a few videos of Ulise, you know, playing for Reading. And I realized, you know, he's a he's a good talent. I mean, uh, he's he's I won't say he's exactly like Eze, but uh, I mean, now that Eze is injured, I think Ulise can uh, do the role Eze was doing for uh, Crystal Palace last season. So I think I mean that the the policy or whatever it is that you explained, you know, them signing South London youngsters, uh, I think that's it's a really good way to go. Especially you have a young manager, and now you have a young exciting squad. Uh, and obviously, I mean, it's the summer transfer window, so Zaha will ask for a move, uh, ask for a move to Arsenal, Palace, to, 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 Arsenal. To, uh, to Arsenal or Everton. I mean, it's the summer transfer window, so it's traditions. But he's gonna he's gonna end up staying to Palace. So I think yeah. Palace. I wouldn't I wouldn't say they'll challenge for top six or top eight, but it's a really exciting squad to you know look out for in the, in the season. And I think uh, they're going to be the entertainers with the players that I bought. You know, obviously, from next week, we're going to be predicting the leagues, uh, the three leagues that we're going to be looking at this in this season of the podcast. So uh, we can get to the predictions then. Uh, moving on to Spurs, obviously, a big rejig 
uh, towards the end of May um, with uh, Fabio Paratici coming in as the director of football. Um, I think for me, this has been, no matter who we sign as, as players uh, this summer, this has been our signing of the season. Um, because I think what was really needed at Spurs was that someone took over the scouting and the football-related decisions from Levy. Um, because Levy is a good businessman, but you needed a good football brain. And, and Paratici is one of the best. Um, just look at his work at Juve. You look at the sort of deals he had done at Juve. I mean, he probably was part of the biggest transfer in the history of football. You know, Ronaldo leaving Madrid and going to Juve. Although that hasn't really worked out well, the transfer itself was one of the, you know, will go down in history as one of the bigger transfers. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of stuff from Fabrizio Romano and the Italian media about how this guy does not stop working. He's always on his phone. You know, he does 10 deals at a time. He works on 10 deals for the same position at a time. And I think what we'll see this week um, and what we have seen in the last couple of days is all of that coming to a head. We've got, um, I think he's been very clear and most Spurs fans know this. Most football fans know this. Anyone who's watched Spurs knows, knows this. That more than incoming transfers, Spurs need outgoings. You know, and we've discussed how, like, we could possibly be getting rid of eight to ten players this winter. I think we've already got rid of five. In Gazaniga, Rose, uh, Lamella, um, Foyth, Toby Alderweireld. Yeah, that's five. I think Sissoko will leave. I think Odia will leave. I think Sanchez will leave, hopefully in a swap deal for Kudent, Um if if Madrid don't go for him. Uh, that's eight in itself. And possibly even Dyer and Winks could go and Carter Vickers, who's a, who's a younger player. That's 11 players who may leave the club. So there's going to be, especially in the next 10 days, I feel there's going to be a lot of in and out. Um, we've signed someone called Brian Gill, who's at the Olympics playing for Spain right now. Uh, and I think he's a player that like Olise or uh, Eberiche, he's a young player, lots of skills, very, very good. I think I'm going to pass on to you uh, about him because uh, you watched him in the La Liga last season. When I first saw the rumor, I texted you like, you know, I mean, you know this guy, how does he play? Uh, he's one of those players that are really good on compilations. So, I mean, I never base my opinions off that, but but I'm, I'm getting excited. So, why don't you let us know a little bit about about what we as Premier League fans should expect from Brian Brian Gill. Yeah, I think you know whatever you've seen on the on the compilations, I think it does absolutely it does it does justice to what he does on the field. I mean, I remember uh, last season he was on loan at Iba, um, and he absolutely absolutely uh, put Carvajal on the floor. I mean, he gave him an ankle breaker. And Carvajal is an experienced, a wonderful right back, and you know he had just come off of an injury, Carvajal, so. I mean, he wasn't up to his standards, but still, I mean, he's 20 years old and he, you know, he he ran circles around Carval against Madrid. Uh, obviously, he was Ayabar's best man uh, in that certain game. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, he wasn't starting all the games for Ayabar because obviously he's, he's 20 years old, but whenever he started and whatever game that I saw him playing in, especially the one against Madrid, I think he was brilliant. I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was excellent for a 20 year old. And I think uh, sending Lamela away, uh, who was a dead word, and getting uh, an exciting youngster who can play on either of the wings. He can play as a right winger, he can play as a left winger. I think it's 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 excellent business from uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Excellent business. 
I think, yeah, I think also now what we're seeing from Spurs is that um, their sort of Palatici has this sort of philosophy that if he really likes the player and he wants him, he doesn't mind, you know, if a club's asking for five million more, he'll pay it. And I think that's where Spurs have fallen short. You look at um, our deal for Grealish. Like when Villa needed money, we went in for Grealish, I think, three seasons back. We offered a player plus some money. They accepted in the last minute. Levy was like, no, I'll give you five million less. Or some minimal sum less, right? So, again, with Dybala and the imaging rights with, um, I think, Shkriniar last season, it was maybe a difference of 10 million. Uh, with Bruno Fernandes, with Ruben Diaz, same thing, many players. So, I think that's something that we'll see with Christian Romero. I think Spurs are really pushing no matter what Atlanta are asking for, whether it's 40 million, 50 million. I think that structuring the deal over a certain amount of time. I think we're seeing that with Romero. We saw that with Sevilla when um, we've basically got a deal ready with Sevilla for, uh, for 30 million plus Sanchez and Kunde to come to us. It's just that the player wants to go to Madrid, I think. And unless, if Madrid don't come for him, then, then he, I think in his mind, he doesn't mind going to Spurs because we don't play Champions League. Um, so, yeah, so I think this is this is the fundamental difference in how Spurs are operating in the window. You know, I think he's, he's used about the first three weeks of coming into Spurs to analyze, obviously first get in the manager and then analyze with the manager what are the areas they need to strengthen. And I think we're going to see two centre-backs come in. That's Romero and I think either one of Kunde, Lacroix from Wolfsburg, Skriniar from Inter Milan or Milinkovic from Fiorentina will come in as the second centre-back. Um, we'll get, we'll be, I think, seeing Tommy Yasu come in. Uh, we've seen Brian Gill come in because Bale left. So someone, someone's come in to you know, fill in the shoes. Um, we will probably, probably be seeing Possibly a center mid if Harry Winks, as well as Sissoko leaves. If I think one leaves, then Winks will stay um, for one more season at least. And we may see Spurs going for someone like Danny Ings. You know, all of this is if Harry Kane stays. If Harry Kane leaves, then we'll be looking at someone like Blahovic from Fiorentina for for a much larger sum, as well as getting in someone like Danny Ings. But these are some of the transfers that that, uh, Spurs will look to do. And I think they will be done in the next seven to ten days. I don't think Spurs are going to be active towards the later end of this uh, window. We've done three deals before the season started. That's a big deal for us, um, and I think I think that's the way it's going to be. I think it's the twenty sixth uh, today, um, and I think by the tenth of August, maybe fifth to tenth of August, um, all our deals will probably be done. Football fans, it's it's I think one of the larger clubs that are working with the DOF. So it's interesting to see how that sort of has changed the way this Spurs Spurs functions. Moving from Spurs, who are doing moderately well in the window, uh, to a team which I think has overall internationally ruled this window, um, which is PSG. From the word go, um, you know, they've had they've had turmoil in the sense that Pochettino looked like he was about to. Leave. He didn't look like he was uh, staying at PSG, um, but you know, I think ever since that sort of that bo- that drama closed, they've really, really gone in. 
um and they 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 they've done some fantastic deals you know i mean there's some ex real madrid players that in there so so um, i'm going to let you take over this one before people get uh, tired of hearing my voice <laughs> i think you know uh, you're absolutely correct i think uh, psg have won this transfer window uh, till now at least uh, they've bought in the euro player of the tournament donnarumma on a free transfer that too they've got genie vinaldum from liverpool who was on his way to barcelona and psg has hijacked the deal last minute and got a quality player who never gets injured uh they've added uh obviously they've added Sergio Ramos and they've added Hakimi i mean i remember we talked i mean in season 1 of 18 years podcast we talked how uh, psg lacked a good set of fullbacks and now they've got Hakimi and they have a really good shot of landing Theo Hernandez so i think if you look at the squad right now without Theo Hernandez they have world class quality players in each and every position except left back so if you get theo hernandez i think i mean <laughs> i think they'll have the best squad uh, in europe this season uh, but i think you know i don't know if sergio ramos will start every game or not he's 36 years old i mean he's pretty old uh, 34 36 i forgot in the age but but, but I mean, even if even if ramos doesn't start their backup is timbembe Yeah, exactly. Their backup is Kimpembe, and what Ramos brings is something which PSG has lacked since they've been founded. I mean, they've lacked someone with that winning mentality, someone who can just come into the team and tell the players, "This is what winning is. I've done it multiple times, and now I'm going to teach you how to do it." So I think you know that's why uh, you know PSG haven't won the Champions League. Uh, they didn't win the Champions League last year, last season when they lost to Bayern. uh they bottled it against uh Manchester City last season and they've had a pretty good squad for both of these seasons you know but what they've lacked is someone like Sergio Ramos someone who knows what winning is so even if he's not playing his his presence in the dressing room is enough i mean you know they already have Marquinhos who's a pretty good leader in my opinion so they so leadership is not what they've lacked so i think the only reason why they've lost Sergio Ramos why they bought Sergio Ramos is because they think Sergio Ramos is the final piece in their uh, ultimate mission the mission that you know attracted Neymar and attracted Mbappe to join them in the first place but just one thing that you know they're still a bit dicey in, in in PSG is will Mbappe stay now you know if if he's he's completely said, he said it's, it's it's you know everyone knows this he does not want to renew So PSG have two options: either to sell him for one twenty, one thirty million to Madrid now, or lose a player like Mbappe for free next season. So I mean, losing a player like Mbappe for free would be really, really bad business, you know, because they can easily get upwards of one twenty million for him right now. But if Mbappe stays, you know, it's really clear what PSG are hoping for this season. You know, if Mbappe stays, PSG are pretty sure that this is the season. This is the season that they finally win the Champions League. So that is the only reason why I think PSG still really dealing with the Mbappe deal, still not letting him leave for Madrid. Uh, but you know, like I said, you know, all the signings that have made that they've made on Roma, Vinaldum, Ashraf Hakimi, Ramos, and soon Theo Hernandez. I think if Mbappe stays, PSG are clear favorites to win the UCL. I agree. I think you know. I mean, I've been very impressed with their window, and like you said, um, the only thing they're sort of lacking is possibly a. A good left back and a good uh, central defensive midfielder, maybe. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think this is they've been the team to watch. They've been the team that that have made the most moves. And you know, I mean, coming into soup, Wijnaldum uh, away from Barcelona um, just shows how aggressive they've been in this window. I mean, just on a side note, if they get Theo Hernandez, uh, sorry, uh, if they get Hernandez as well, um, they're going to be unstoppable on FIFA. That's for sure. I mean, the amount of pace that team is going to have is, is, is just nuts. Um, but moving on from PSG, sort of we've touched uh, upon the positives of, um, on the positives of uh, some of the teams in this window. I think it's fair to look at um, something that's been, you know, I think that you'll have a lot of knowledge on, which is uh, the wage problems in the La Liga, you know, how Barcelona, you know, there have been stories that Barcelona are being unable to complete Messi's contract because, um, you know, they have so many players and their wage bill is so is so large that they're being unable to register Messi's new contract. Uh, they're being unable to register their new signing. Um uh, we know that Madrid also don't have much money. I think if Mbappe becomes available, they'll go and make that signing. But that's the only signing I think they'll make for that sort of money. I don't. That's why I don't think they're looking at another centre back like Koundé um, uh, to to cover that now that Varane's left. So why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what what what's going on with La Liga and and, and the transfer window? The thing is, you know, uh, Barcelona. I mean. Obviously, it's easy to blame the virus. I mean, it's affected every single club in the world. Uh, it's affected uh, La Liga more than it's no more than it's affected the Premier League. Obviously, with TV rights and all that. Uh, but Barcelona, I mean, they've had a history of you know very bad management previously with the previous president Bartomeu. Uh, I think he left Barcelona in a really really bad state, which uh, Laporta is trying to you know trying to take care of. I wouldn't blame the current president. Obviously, Bortmoos left them in a very bad state. And, you know, uh, more than that, I think the way that they, you know, give the wages to their players, both Madrid and Barca. I mean, you have, I'll give you Madrid example. I mean, you have Mariano Diaz earning more than, you know, the likes of Nacho and the likes of Militao. I mean, it's 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 bonkers because Mariano Diaz doesn't get more than six games a season. And he's, on, and he's getting paid more money than, you know, these regular starters player who will bleed for the club and all that. Um, that is partly the reason why Varane wanted to leave. I mean, there are reports of him, of you know, reports which saying, which are saying that he wants to leave for a new challenge. But we we know what the reality here is. I mean, he wants more money, and we can't offer him that. And on top of that, we've just got David Alaba for twelve million, uh, twelve million a year over five years. That's sixty million. We're giving him in wages, just wages without the signing bonus and etc. So I think. This entire system of how you know they value their players is really confusing, and you know I don't understand why. You know, look at Barcelona for example. You know, Griezmann earns a lot. He earns a lot. I mean, he's I think he's the second highest earning player after Messi in the Barca team, and you know his qualities on the field don't replicate that, especially for Barca. I mean, for for France, he's a different animal. But when he's playing for Barcelona, his 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 game is not replicating what he's earning. So I think what Madrid and Barca need to do is they need to sit down, not together, obviously, <laughs> uh, but they need to sit down and they need to figure out, you know, this player is shit, aka Mariano Diaz. This player is shit. He should be earning less than 50,000 uh, 
and you know uh, this player is Militao, this player is classy, he's world class, give him the money that he wants. So I think you need a more, you need balance and you need a more, uh, you know, you need to put your ba- uh, wages on the basis of how the player is actually performing instead of, you know, just throwing away money at random players, you know, like Mariano Diaz, like I've said a thousand times already. Uh, so I think obviously it's easy to blame the virus for all the financial problems that's happening in Barca and Madrid. But if you deep it, uh, it's partly also because of the wage structure, which is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's interesting to see how this window will pan out for for the La Liga team and especially, uh, basically, what are two of the biggest clubs in the world in, in Barcelona and Madrid, you know. Barcelona at least have made some moves so far. They've brought in some free agents, Aguero, Memphis Depay, Eric Garcia, renewed Messi's contract. Um they were looking at a deal, swap deal for Saul and Griezmann. But what I'm pretty surprised with is that Madrid have been uncharacteristically quiet. Um, so do you think that's just a case of waiting for Mbappe? Uh, because that's the one that we know that uh, uh, that Madrid wants? Or do you think that it's truly because uh, the financial impact has been so hard? And especially because they're renovating the, 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 the stadium as well. And, and, and Spurs and Arsenal fans know that when build slash renovate a stadium you don't necessarily have that sort of money to to put into transfers immediately so um so what is the window looking like for madrid clu uh we haven't signed a player since 2019 i mean even the last summer transfer window we went sign we, we went we went signing less and you know uh this season you know we've been not this season i mean we've been waiting for mbappe since before he joined psg you know he's been he he has been tipped to be a Ronaldo replacement since the day Ronaldo left in 2018. And now after three seasons, you know, people have been, you know, fed up with Perez. You know, they've been saying, bring us Mbappe, bring us Mbappe. And now instead of bringing in what the people, what the fans want, he goes on to sell two fan favorite players. You know, he goes on to sell the heart of the backline Ramos, the heart of the team Ramos, and he sells Rafael Varane. So I think, you know, I mean, it's very uncharacteristic of uh, Perez to to make such huge decisions if he's not got something huge in mind already. So I think I'll be really surprised if we go if we don't get a Mbappe this 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 uh, transfer window. To be honest, because Perez doesn't work like that. I mean, you know, I don't like that guy personally for what he does to club legends and you know what he tried to do with the European Super League. But you know, I have to give it to the guy. I mean, when it comes to transfer window, he's he's the best. There is. I mean, you know, uh, we've seen it in the past uh, when in 2009, club was suffering very badly, you know, no signings in a lot of time. And then he went on to buy Kaka, Benzema, Ronaldo, Xabi Alonso and all these great players in just one window. So I think that's how this, that's just how Perez works. I mean, obviously, I'll, Madrid fans will be forever angry with him for selling Ramos and Varane in the same, in the same window that is. But, you know, knowing Perez, he wouldn't have done it if Mbappe wasn't come to the club. But if if Mbappe doesn't come, I mean, I, I pray for Perez. I mean, you know, the fans are coming back to the stadium. He sold his two best defenders and he's not got a big signing. So, God help Perez if Mbappe doesn't come. Right. So, obviously, uh, the transfer window a nice edge for Madrid. 
Um, but just to close off this episode, I think we can do a quick um, top five. Uh, and and today we'll do uh, top five signings of the of the uh, transfer window so far. And the catch is that both of us have to agree on this top five. Um, so I think we'll do. I mean, we can go into into uh, lots of transfers, but I think we can just off the top of my head, uh, we we'll come up with five. In no particular um, order, right? In no in no particular order. In no particular order. No, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, okay, okay. This is tough. Okay, so I think for me, number five would be um, Daniel Marlin from PSV to Dortmund for thirty million. I mean, I, think I, this is... I agree with you because Sancho just it's left them and he's young and he fits the Dortmund profile brilliantly. I mean, he's young and he fits the Sancho role. He's fast and turn the strike. So I think I agree with you. I think, yeah, that, that's five for me. I think that's a, that's a transfer that's not been talked about a lot, especially because of the timing. I think it came between the Sancho and the Veran deals and obviously, you know, United gets a lot of attention. Uh, but Daniel Marlin, we saw him at the Euros. He was very good. He had a really good partnership in Memphis Depay. Can build really something really good with Haaland for however long Haaland is there. Um, but yeah, I think at number five, we've got Daniel Marlin from PSV to Dortmund. Number four, I'm going to let you nominate this one. I say Jaden Sancho to Man United. I think I'd agree. I think I'd agree. Um, you know, he's a fantastic player, and especially because uh, United have got him at, you know, a price that's, um, what they were going to pay hundred million last year. They've got him for seventy-five this year. So yeah. you know, United are doing some, like we said, United are doing some good work uh, this window. I think Sancho to United for is, is pretty feasible. Okay, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, he's a brilliant player and they got him for peanuts. For peanuts. I think three, I would probably go Wijnaldum to PSG on a free. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure about this because is Wijnaldum, I mean, is Wijnaldum going to be a key part of the PSG team? I don't think so. I mean, they already have Virati, they already have Di Maria and they already have Danilo and all these players in the midfield. So I'm still, then. I'm then still, who, who, what are you thinking? Um, then, uh, I mean, I think some of the deals that have been really good are um, Ramos to PSG, but I think Ramos is at an age where um, he's just there for his presence and the yeah, yeah, and he good for like two seasons, and and then we start taping off then. I think the way the Brian Gill transfer to uh, Spurs of structure was really good, but I don't think he gets into the top five because he's so unproven as a player. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they got rid of Lamella and got Brian Gill, who's been touted as, I think, a hundred million uh, price tag for him um, when Arsenal were trying to look at him. Um, I mean, I, everyone wants to just play with Arsenal. You know? <laughs> even, Lock- uh, even Locatelli uh, said he go to Arsenal. He said, no, I'm not going to Arsenal. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, so I think those are the two deals that, that I like, but I don't think are, are, um, are worthy of being in the top five. How about uh, Memphis Depay to Barcelona for free? Yeah, but I mean, he has to be registered first. He's, he's already played a friendly, so let's, 
he he's he, right, let's he, count he's, it. Let's count it. I think I think that's a really really good signing, uh, because between between Depay and Aguero, I think they can really help out with, um, you know, getting on the end of what Messi is creating. And sure, Barcelona yeah. are having massive problems, but you know they haven't been bad in this window, and. The way Pedri played in the Euros, you combine that with Messi and the returning Ansu Fati, Sergio Aguero, Depay can play on the right, you know, and Usman Dembele, and that's a fantastic team. So and they um, really needed Depay because you know Brathwaite just wasn't cut out for a top team, and now exactly. they got Depay to just play striker. If they if they don't like it, keep Aguero strike, play Depay on the left. So he's very versatile. They knew he's the player that Barca really needed. Right. Uh, so number three, Depay to uh, Barcelona. I think we've both got similar top twos. I don't know if uh, you've got the same number one as me. But I'm gonna let you go first and and um, and count uh, and 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 um, go for your number two. I'd say Hakimi for number two. I'm going Varane number two. I'm saying Hakimi because his price tag is a, it's too high. I mean, it's seventy seventy five million if I'm not wrong. I mean, he's good, but if you if you, if you I, I, thought, I thought it was sixty yeah sixty or sixty seventy. I'm getting confused, but you know even for that, you know if you deep it, I mean you you're getting Varane for less than fifty forty five to fifty thirty four plus uh, plus add-ons. Add-on. Yeah, so, so that in itself is At the add-ons the add-ons the add I think. Fab or someone just tweeted the add-ons only get up to forty-two. So I think Madrid are being robbed here. Yeah, um, but we can't do much because he's on a final year yeah. of his contract, so he lose him for free. So yeah. Like I told you in so, the beginning, I mean they they stabbed me first and, they, and then they slit my throat. So I think yeah, I think that would be our top two. I think I I had Hakimi up uh, as first because I think he's gonna have a massive impact at PSG because they're crying out for. A good fullback, and I mean, we've all seen what Poch can do with good fullbacks. Um, but I think, in terms of value for money, definitely Varane. And I think it'll be it'll be a very very hard transfer uh, to take place in this window that would top um, Varane to 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 United. Yeah. I think. I mean, I mean, for example, if Chelsea signed Haaland or City signed Kane. Or uh, then you're looking. Uh, Mbappe is coming to Madrid, so Mbappe to Madrid. I think that's the sort of transfer we can put him first. <laughs> that's the sort of transfer that would top top this one. And in terms of value for money, I'd possibly be looking at. Um, I mean, from a Spurs perspective, the 30 million uh, plus uh, Sanchez swap for for Kuhn, um <laughs> which would be a very very good value for money because you're getting a Deadwood player out. Getting Kounde, who's I think valued at about sixty seventy, yeah. for basically thirty yeah. million, and Sevilla are doing you a favor. Sevilla basically like I think I don't know what they see in our players that 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 we aren't being able to see. Um, but yeah, but lots of exciting deals that you know that 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 could be taking place in this window, and it's interesting to see how different clubs are going about tackling the second window that has been so heavily impacted by the pandemic, um, and obviously. Like I said at the beginning, we've got a transfer uh, show releasing um, weekly from either this week or next week. We don't want to burden you with too much transfer news in one week, so probably we'll launch it next week. 
Um, we've got a hot takes which returns on Thursday. Um, so stay tuned with us, Ari. Thank you for joining. Um, it's stay tuned. See you, see you again. Yeah, some, some some good content coming up, especially if uh, like I said, if Mbappe joins Madrid, this podcast is going mad. I think we'll get we'll get Ari to do some challenges. <laughs> I'll do anything if if we get Mbappe this week. <laughs> All right. Anyways, thank you guys. Thanks, Ali.